Masterminds has reached terminal velocity. Keep your tray in the upright and locked position. I smell burnt toast. Welcome to ADD Masterminds. I'm Jeff. And I'm John. And we're here to pump you up. <laughs> you remember that show? You remember Saturday Night Live? I have seen with... bits of it. Hans and Franz? Yes. From, uh, wasn't that an SNL bit? Yes, it was. <laughs> yeah. That's, uh, that whole accent thing. Sweet. The, they actually did an, uh, they did an episode of Saturday Night Live with Arnold Schwarzenegger on that bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It was hilarious. Yeah, it was great stuff. So, you know, back you know in the what we days, should do? it was funny. What should we do, <laughs> what should we do John? It's okay to make fun of German people still, right? I'm German, so, like, I can totally do it. Yeah. Um, you know I'm what we'll do so is I'll, fi- I'll find a copy of that, and I'll post it on our new blog. I like that idea. Yeah, which segues into blog. See what I did? Oh, I know, right? <laughs> so so what what about this blog thing? What What's up with that? Well, basically, what, what's happening here is, like, you know, we don't record every week. And it's hard to keep up with editing and stuff. I got to do it every week anyways. Right. But I'm still overflowing with ideas of things to say. And so um, what I thought would be a cool idea is to do ADD Masterminds, but in blog format. And I was trying to kind of make it like an interactive experience. So our first blog um, talked about Andy Stanley and ended up with talking about silly supervillains. And I was able to find like video clips of all my favorite silly supervillains. Those were great. I love that spot from Get Smart. That was great. <laughs> yeah, and that was something you said you've never really seen, right? Is Get no, Smart? I haven't. I need to watch that. Oh my goodness, the cup thing. Yes, very funny. So check that out, people. Yeah. It's, uh, I'm not sure what the address is. It's We're ADD Masterminds on Google+, Plus, so you could find it through there. It's, yep, let's see. <laughs> I'm try to find it. I am, I'm going to find it, uh, but not right now. I'm going to forget, yeah, so. Yeah, totally. But we're pretty easy to find. Um, you can find us on Twitter, ADD Masterminds, at ADD Masterminds. Um, and, I mean, you know what? We could even put a link on our Twitter. By the time this is out, it'll be on there. Boom. Magic. Podcast magic. That is absolutely <laughs> true. Boom. Just like that. Just say it, and, like, boom, it's there. Boom. It's like magic. <laughs> it's addmasterminds.blogspot.com. Boom. You know, doing a podcast is starting to affect me, and I'm starting to realize that normal conversations are boring. Okay. Um, you know, normally when you hang out with people, I'm not going to mention any names, but you hang out with people and you got like a buddy that's like super excited about this new lamp he bought. You're like, we'd never talk about this on the podcast. This is boring. And it's like, you know, this conversation about the lamp, this is stupid. So I guess I just have to kind of check my attitude once in a while and realize that normal people have normal conversations. You know, I have to wonder about that because, like, when when guys like Bruce Wayne, you know, or Superman, Clark Kent, whoever, uh, Peter Parker, they go out into the world and they're just like walking around and they're like, "I'm gonna go get a sandwich," but I'm Spider Man. Like, how does Spider Man just go get a sandwich, right? So that that's gotta be like boring when you're fighting uh, bad guys or fighting good guys and all this crazy, crazy stuff, and then it's like, oh, time to do laundry. Well, you know, Spider-Man does laundry, you know, so, like... (laughs) You know, I think that's part of it, though. Like, when you talk about, like, us, and, you know, you've alluded before, and I don't think you've done this on the podcast, it's kind of alluded to how all your creative pursuits are kind of like being a supervillain. And then there's just kind of your regular husband-father stuff where you just have to be a normal guy again, you know? Yeah, and I think it'd be kind of like that. I have to wonder, you know, like what, 
what would it be like if we really were supervillains or whatever? I don't know. Right. You, um, you know, you, something else that I've super villain. while we're on the discussion of uh, doing, you know, supervillains doing ordinary things like washing the dog or whatever. Um, <laughs> washing the dog, yeah. Yeah, yeah you know, supervillains have to do that too, you know. So, um, oh, I'm sure. So I got to wonder, a lot of the, the blogs that we started talking off just started off talking about just random stuff, but I've noticed that we kind of gravitated towards, like, worship and music and things like that, which I'm totally okay with. Um, it just kind of seems like that lately that has just been something that we've both kind of been dwelling on. Uh-huh. And, uh, and I don't think that's really uh, a coincidence. What do mm-hmm. you think? What do you think, John? Well, I think that's something that you and I hit it off, you know, with to begin with. But I think it's also something that's just a broad topic everyone's talking about. It's a hot topic. I mean, how many times do you see something come out and it's like, top five things, worship leaders should, whatever, right? Or, yeah, yeah. you know, I actually, we just recently did a session. My church had um, an event where we had all of our worship people uh, go to a campus. We actually don't have our own building, so we had to go to someone else's campus. And this drummer put on a session for us. And it was funny because this drummer, I, I had no idea who he was. He was like an English guy. And um, he's actually drummed for like Matt Redman and like Brian Dirksen. Bunch of people anyways, right? All wow. over the place. And he was telling this story about how he um, he was playing for Matt Redman. And it was one of his concerts where he was recording. And he said that... Um, he saw the song list and he realized it was a song he's never played before. And he was recording it live. (laughs) So he's like, all right, well, I'll let them play for a few bars. And then he asked one of the members of the band, should I come in now? And they're like, yeah, sure. That'd be good. And he started playing. And he said, if you listen to the recording, you can actually hear him doing that. (laughs) And, you know, it was just, it was fascinating just to hear his take on music because he talked a lot about how it moves you. And it was very contrary to the direction I feel, you know, we can get to with worship teams, you know, with playing to a click track, you know, playing to even tracks in general, you know, and it's like we lose the spontaneity, we lose the feel for the music, it becomes very robotic. And he was very against that. And it was just interesting to hear a guy that's played at such a high level and he's like, you got to feel the music, you know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's not to say that you can't have those kind of tools, um, Mm -hmm. you know, but there's a time and a place for that. And some people tend to, I guess, rely on them too much, lean heavily on the, the technology and the tools. And there's, I mean, I, I'm old school, right? So I didn't really get into digital stuff until I was well into my adulthood. So they didn't have all this crazy digital... Uh, they didn't even have overhead... Pro- you know, like when we did overhead projectors, it was like you hand-wrote the stuff on a transparent film and you stuck it on the thing. <laughs> you know, yeah, that was, maybe photocopied it, but yeah. Right, yeah, right. So um, they didn't have any of that mm. stuff when, when uh, we were learning how to do this. And, um, yep. you know, so... Here's an interesting story. When back when I was in bands back in high school and, and college, they would actually have um, you know what sight reading is? Um, for music? Yeah. Um. <laughs> well, sight reading is when you basically you play through a piece of music without ever having seen it before. And you're talking about like full music, like like yeah, like a whole song. So they would yeah. actually have sight reading competitions. And they would, they would have a band come in, a jazz band or a concert band or whatever. And Mm -hmm. it was, it was very common with concert bands, but jazz bands would do this too. And they would give everybody in the band a piece of music, a particular song that they had never played before. And they would give you like two minutes to look over it, Mm -hmm. the whole band, you know, and then you had to play it from the top. And, And it was really, really fun. So after doing that for a while, I got really good at sight reading, and I love doing that kind of stuff. But, um, so, like, you know, when I see all these uh, 
these bands that have like all these pre-recorded tracks and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I kind of I kind of think of it as cheating, but uh, on the yeah. other, on the other hand, it's like you know what? I would cheat too if I had that capability. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and I think, you know, anytime you run into a musician like this, and it's kind of interesting to hear, you know, a guy who is not the man, you know, he's not the guy that actually wrote the song. Right. But he had influence in the song. And he said that he played for um, Vineyard as well. And so when I heard he played Vineyard and he's like, he said, um, yeah, that song, you know, Hungry. And he listened a bunch and I'm like, wait, you played Hungry? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, so you, you mean like that intro, that drum intro? Are you familiar with that song? Yeah, yeah, I am actually. And that that part, right? Yeah. So that intro part. I was like, that was you? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's so cool. And he's like, yeah, I was listening to a lot of um, Alanis Morissette. And I was just like, really? So it's like, you know, a lot of times we don't really give these session musicians or these, you know, these kind of people that play on a band, but they aren't like the guy that wrote the song. Right. You know, we don't give them credit for the fact that they're the ones that come up with a lot of this stuff. Yeah, they're they're what we call working musicians. They, you know, they're not the stars, mm-hmm. but you can't really have a good band without them. And they maybe a lot of times the people that actually write the hook that got you into the song to begin with. Yeah, sometimes. Yeah. So, um I know something that you were talking about <laughs> when we were we were had a little Twitter conversation. You were talking about how you gave yourself the option to choose between music and writing. Like if you were to prioritize and you just had to do one of those two things, right? would you do music or writing? Can you talk a little bit about that? Well, okay, sure. Um, <laughs> since, you, since you brought it up. Uh, we, well, it's almost like an interview. <laughs> yeah, almost like, right. Um, I'm sitting here, I'm holding a, a hundred kroner coin from... A, a strange story before I before I talk about the the choice. Oh, please we, go do it. We uh, there's somebody in our church and I can't figure out who it is, but every week the treasurer comes and and hands me a couple of coins that are foreign coins. We've had uh, Canadian coins, Mexican coins, German coins. I've got a hundred kroner coin here that was in the offering plate from uh, what does it says nine hundred kroner. I think I think it was from Norway or someplace like that that we figured out what it was from. Uh, cool. And <laughs> she says, "Well, I can't do anything with this. What do you want it for your coin collection or something?" And so I've got a whole pile of somebody in our church is is depositing foreign coins in the in the offering plate. It's really funny. We can't figure out who it is. So <laughs> yeah, every tribe, every nation, buddy. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So, anyways, <laughs> the the choice. Okay, let me get back to the choice. Okay, so. Basically, what this boils down to is over the last couple of weeks, um, I've gotten really, really busy with work, um, mm-hmm. working, you know, extended hours, overtime. I'm probably going to work this Saturday, too. Yeah. Um, and it basically, uh, I, I've i realized that I don't have as much energy as I used to, um, mm-hmm. especially since, um, since I got hurt about five years ago. I, my energy level never really recovered from that. I mean, I lost all the bone marrow in my left leg. Uh, wow. And cool, they replaced it with metal. So, and and I didn't realize how much impact that would have on like just your overall energy level, you know. But I find that I get a lot tired a lot quicker now. All that to say that mm. I, I've just noticed that over the last couple of years that I'm trying to do too much and I'm trying to uh, overachieve and take over the world and write a book, and keep up two or three blogs, and do a podcast, and, you know, do church music, and be mm-hmm. a family man, and all this other crazy stuff. And I keep thinking that I can do everything, but it turns out that I, I just can't. I, I run out of energy, and I have to sleep at some point, you know, have to eat, have mm-hmm. to sleep. And I still have my, my regular job, too. So um, so I sat down this week, and I said, you know, if I if I really had to choose between writing writing for a living or playing music for a living which one would I do now some people would love to have, be able to make that choice because I really enjoy writing but um, but if I only had to pick one 
I would want to play music for a living. That's been something that I've wanted to do since I was a little kid, was play mm. music for a living. And I've never been able to do it. I, I played semi-professionally in like some club bands and stuff back in college, um, but I couldn't make a living at it, you know. I just wasn't able to do it. I had young kids, just been married, and... Um, Right. It was just I couldn't I couldn't do it. Not to mention that most of the clubs we played in were not really good places for <laughs> for me to be in the first place. But uh, you know I was, right. I was I was new in the faith back then too, so that that made things mm-hmm. a little more difficult. But uh, and it got me thinking just you know about passions, about our skills, um, about what we have time to do, a, a lot about how God gives us the 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 same amount of time as everybody else and we have to pick and choose what we're going to spend our time and energy on you know do i spend time and energy on playing music writing music uh you know just doing things like that um or do i spend time like you know writing books writing blog posts um keeping up with things like that you know editing people's works stuff like that and, and they're both helpful. Yeah. You know, that's a hard choice for me because I, I enjoy them both and they're both really, really helpful to people. At least that's what they tell me. Um, yeah. But the one deciding factor that, that finally allowed me to decide was when I write to help other people, it, it, it really, it's, it's, I enjoy it. But when I play music, it moves me. There's something about playing mm-hmm. music that does something to me that writing can't do. What's interesting about that is, like, I was thinking today, because you had said that earlier today, mm-hmm. and I, I was thinking about how, like, you know, when you text someone, if you don't use emoticons, you know, people can take it so many different ways. And it's like the visual that goes along with, you know, words is highly important and i think music is similar where it's like without the melody without the backing music it's a whole different thing right like that emotion can't be communicated without that drum beat or you know and there's just something it's a different level of communication right right yeah it's it's i mean music is is a fundamental language that you just i mean there's there's something to it, which I guess is why we we keep gravitating back towards it, is because it's just something so powerful about it. It's uh, it transcends, um, you know, boundaries. It transcends nationalities, ages, um, everything. You know, it's just something about it. We're designed to to where music moves a part of us that nothing else can do. You know, it's just fascinating how that works. Yeah. And I, you know, I find interesting, like even just, you know, with writing music, I feel like, you know, when I'm able to co-write, it takes it to a whole different level, takes it to a whole different direction. And when you got someone that's like a very skilled musician, they can add those things. I guess, like I was saying before with that guy with his drum beat, it's like, huh, I wouldn't have thought to do that, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And so, I mean, this is something, you know, you and I discussed is the idea of maybe trying to do a little bit of co-writing. And so that's something maybe we'll experiment with next week, not on the podcast, but separate from it. That would really be fun. And just see what kind of sounds we come up with. Because I'm like, I wonder if our music could be ADD Mastermind as well. <laughs> you know? It's possible. It's possible. Yeah. So there's a lot of directions that can go. And, you know, music in general, you know, when you think about, like, what's what's out there now, you know? Like, there's just so many different styles of music out there. And we all have access through Spotify and Apple Music, which is such a game changer. Oh, um, and so for me, I use Apple Music. You're more of a Spotify guy, right? I do like Spotify. I'm not going to lie. I like it a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, for me, it's like because of the streaming music services that we are able to use, I'm now less inclined to listen to crappy music because I already paid for it. <laughs> you ever bought that album there? You're like, oh. This isn't very good. I'm going to have to listen again and see if I like it more. Yeah, I cleaned out my closet last week and pulled out a huge box full of CDs. And there's stuff in there mm-hmm. that, I, that I haven't listened to in 10 years or more. And, I mean, just 
stuff that's like, how on earth did we ever list, think this was good, you know? I don't know. <laughs> so I listened to, yeah, I basically listened to my, um, anything totally familiar with that's in my collection, I listened to it to decide whether to keep it or not. And there were some, like, yeah, some old albums that I'm like, ugh. Michael W. Smith. And there's no need to keep any of this stuff. Um, Michael W. Smith's Eye to Eye album, I think is what it's called. Um, it's got Ashton and um, Secret Ambition. Yeah, it totally I'm does. Familiar, I'm familiar with that song. I, I don't have the album, but I know which one you're talking about. Yeah, I'm adding it to my Apple Music right now. <laughs> I'm like, that's one Michael W. Smith album I would keep. Yeah, I've, we've got some... Uh, oh, gosh, we had old uh, Sandy Patty... Uh, Amy Grant, Michael W. Smith, Debbie had some old Garth Brooks CDs she hasn't listened to in 20 years. Um, mm-hmm. Stuff like that. We're just like, nope, gone, gone. And I mean, like, I have my CDs somewhere. Like, I'm I'm moving out of this house, um, and so um, it's time to purge some things. But, like, all my, all my CDs are kind of in one of those fabric cases, and so... Yeah. I'm not really going through those. <laughs> There's a lot of things I'm turfing. But for me, like, all my music is digital, so it's pretty easy to just delete it. <laughs> yeah, most of the CDs that I've bought in the last couple of years, I just, as soon as I get them, I open the CD, put it in the laptop, rip it, and then put the disc away. Yeah, I I remember when, like, digital music first came out, I was like, well, how am I going to, you know, look at the liner notes and all that stuff and so it took me took me a while to like stop buying CDs but eventually it just completely disappeared like I haven't bought a, a CD I think since I went to a Micah W. Smith concert probably in 2012 or something like that Yeah, he was uh, with the Philharmonic doing Christmas music it was oh, phenomenal nice the last CD I bought mm-hmm. was I went to see Five Iron Frenzy and House of Heroes live in Houston that was, <gasps> House of Heroes. They were great live, by the way. Excellent band. And um, they have a new album coming out. Oh, do they? Really? Bad Christian is promoting it right now. I've heard two tracks. It is sick. Like yeah. it's got just this intensity to it. I've never heard them have to their music. Yeah, they've always been great, though. Oh, I'll tell you a story about that concert. Um, so me and Bethany and some of our friends went out there. Um, on the way out to Houston, we stopped at this little hole-in-the-wall Mexican restaurant off of I-10, and the 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 lady proprietor swore that the guy we were with, my friend, um, was oh gosh, they, somebody famous. I forget who it was. And so she was like creeping him out because she was like staring at him the whole time we were eating. He's like, "Can we just eat and leave?" <laughs> so we get to the concert. Bethany's never been to to a big rock punk rock you know concert. So they start up a mosh pit. Yeah. She, she's freaking out. Yeah. House, House of Heroes comes on. Oh, and um, uh, the guy, the lead singer from M- MXPX was there too. Um, okay, yeah. And so House of Heroes is playing. And during House of Heroes' set, off to the side of the stage, I can see Reese Roper, lead singer of Five Iron, right? He's, uh-huh. he's standing off on the side of the stage and his daughter, who is probably, I don't know, six five or six, right? Uh-huh. She's standing off on the side of the stage with Reese. She has uh, like a princess dress with like a tutu and she's got a princess wand and a tiara on, right? <laughs> yeah. During House of Heroes, and you know, House of Heroes is like heavy, hard rock, right? She goes yeah. out on the stage, walks out on the stage behind the guitarist and starts twirling around and she's twirling her her uh, magic wand in the air and spinning and just dancing off on the side of the stage where everybody can see her. <laughs> yeah. And of course, I'm, I'm watching Reese Roper and I'm watching to see if he's going to just like swoop out on the stage and grab her, right? And he doesn't. He lets her, for like two <laughs> songs, he just lets her dance on the stage and he's just like looking at her going, you go girl, just just go, you know, just have it. <laughs> and eventually, his wife, you know, the girl's mom comes out and, and, and picks her up after a bit, but we were laughing so hard, and the guys from House of Heroes didn't even see her because she's standing behind them. Yeah, <laughs> she's just walking back, and they finally realize she's there dancing. And the guy just cracks up laughing during the song. He's like trying not to, to you know, 
to to lose it while he's playing this song. <laughs> and a little six year old oh, princess is just twirling over on the side of the stage. Hilarious. And then and then after uh, when Five Iron was playing, Reese Roper goes to to dive off the the drum riser and he 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 misses, rolls, and almost knocks over the whole horn section. So <laughs> and he's like. That sucked. I gotta do it again. So he gets up and he does it like three more times, and he gets, <laughs> <laughs> it was just so messed up. It's hilarious. Oh my god! Awesome, man! I want to see them live. They were that'd really, be so really good. Fun. Really fun to watch live. They were hilarious. So very cool. I haven't been to a concert in a long time. Uh, Last time I went to a concert was uh, Rock the River, which was like a um, Franklin Graham thing. Like a crusade kind of thing. Crusades. And it, can we talk about the crusades? Is that is it allowed? <laughs> well, they didn't really kill anybody, though. I was kind of disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> is that never mind? Never mind. For like you. not even slain in the spirit. It was like, what's going on? No, um, <laughs> no. It was like a whole bunch of different bands that played, and then Franklin Graham did some evangelizing. It's like. But uh, yeah, it was like Skillet, Lecrae. Um, nice. Uh, hmm. Starfield. It's Canadian. They band. are they are really good, actually. I really like Starfield. And yeah, actually, Starfield did the song "Jesus Freak." <laughs> I was what? like, this is kind of sweet. That yeah, was, it was, was interesting. Really, I was really surprised. Them um, and Chris Taylor are both really, really good. Yeah. I like, yeah, they got stuff. It says, great and holy one. Yeah. One desire we come. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. Um, you know, it's funny. I was listening to um, Carnivore Theology. Um, it's a podcast, and it's actually a guy that I haven't, like, I actually went to school with him. I went to Fort Nelson Christian School with this guy. Um, and I hadn't seen him since, like we were like, I don't know, 10 or so. And now he's a pastor, Chad Graham. And, um, it's listening to his podcast, which is actually really good. Carnivore theology. I, it's kind of a neat name for it. You know, when you talk about like moving on from baby food, right. With right. theology. Yep. And, um, something they were talking about was about uh, church unity and they explained it's like guitar guitar strings and how guitar strings harmonize together Think about like each person having a role to play which kind of a separate um interview i was listening to was with gary oldman do you know who yeah yeah i know who he is so gary oldman he played as commissioner gordon i guess in uh the batman the batman series right right um and i'm not sure uh what else he's done he was in uh, JFK, I think. I think so. But anyways, they were talking about like, just some of the iconic roles that he played and, and what, what it's like to be the big shot actor, you know, on the set. And Oldman started talking about how, like, there's directors that can be just huge name directors. And he said, but it's up to the actors to actually carry out his vision. And it's like, if they don't have good actors, his vision's not going to be carried out. And he's helpless <laughs> without good actors. Right. And then he went on to say that, you know, he said, you know who the most important person is? And he's like, when I wake up in the morning and I'm about to go to, you know, make the movie, he's like, there's a driver that comes and picks me up at 6 a.m. If that guy doesn't do his job, there's a lot of things that won't happen. I was just like, yeah, I thought that was such an incredible perspective. And, you know, and just, and just gives us a posture of humility. You know, that, that lady at the drive through that gives me my coffee in the morning, <laughs> you know, she's important, you know, like every person plays an important role. And, That's, and so do we, right? Like, and yeah, you know, being able to look at other people and say, you're not any more you know, not any less important than I am, but also knowing that, you know, I'm not any less important given me a role, the chords. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's we get so caught up in um, the lights and the fame and the fortune and well, I never found out about the fortune, but or the fame. Um, <laughs> but I mean, we're we're just drawn to that. Our human nature is drawn to um, wanting that recognition, wanting that. And there's a handful of people and. Um, like our church treasurer is one of those people. My wife is one of those people where mm -hmm. they're not going to seek out the spotlight. They don't want to be on stage. They don't want to be singled out or noticed or recognized. They just like doing their job and doing it well. And those, yeah. kind, of, those kind of people are just, at first I was, I, I didn't quite know how to take them, you know, because they're so different from me. And because I've been performing on stages all my life, you know, so for them to say, I don't really want to be in front of anybody. I don't want to talk in front of people. I don't, you know, I just, that doesn't interest me. And I just think, well, you know, but they're important and they have a job to do. And our yeah. church, our church wouldn't function. Our family wouldn't function if it weren't for those kind of people doing things without the recognition day in and day out, you know, and, um, yeah, and, and we don't recognize that because we're so focused on ourselves a lot of times. Yeah. And I think for me, you know, starting out performing a little bit at a young age too, you know, and it's like, it's been a good part of my life that I've been in front of people or I've been getting, you know, trying to get attention from people, you know, has <laughs> been a big part of my life. And so starting podcasts, doing pod. Yeah. The pod. This is the only podcast I have. <laughs> <laughs> Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> doing podcasts. Well, I guess we have a few episodes out so we could say podcasts. This it is, can be plural. This is episode four now. Is it? Yes, it is. <laughs> Sweet. I just, uh, I heard Mark Marin talking about, he's like, this is my 700th episode. I'm like, wow. And one of the guys, you know, that he had on there, um, oh, it was Louis C.K. He says, uh, well, anything, if you do anything 700 times, you must be successful if you kept going at doing it that long. <laughs> so, I don't know if we'll get to 700, but. Either that or he's really stubborn. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. But um, I, I guess, you know, you know, with all that, you know, just being used to, being in front of people or being heard because I am a pretty loud spoken person, you know, like I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, sits in class. And when the teacher says something and I have a question, I'm like thinking, I think I better ask the question for the sake of the rest of the class, because I'm sure there's other people here that have the same question. If I don't ask it, they're too scared to ask it. So I better do it. <laughs> yeah, I totally get that. And that's like every question I have. <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, I mean, and that's, that's, that? that's, that's, that's a place for that. I mean, we, we have to, yeah. part of the, part of us being in, in the body of Christ in being a family or a church or any, any kind of organization is learning how to, um, how to interact with people in a way that is constructive. I, I actually had to take mm -hmm. classes on this at work. We, we had classes on interacting with different personality types and we had to take all the you know, the personality tests and all that stuff. And it's kind of interesting, but it really does make you stop and think, you know, how do I, and they teach you, actually, they taught us how to, just by f the way you phrase something, can completely change the way the other person interprets it and Absolutely. completely flips the outcome. And so um, mm -hmm. they grouped us all in different personality types. Which was funny because I was in the smallest group. You wouldn't think so, but I was in the small group. There were only like three or four of us, and um, and there's only like, three people like you. Yeah, in that group of, <laughs> and out of about fifty people, there was only like four of us. Wow. And every I was, we were the the helpers. Then they had the type A's. Then they had the analytical, um, you know, detail oriented people, and then the fourth type mm -hmm. was. Um, I forget, yeah, you know, they, they must not matter because I can't remember who they were. 
So you're you're a helper though. So you're you're a great sidekick too. Then is that that's that my my nature is to help people. Like you know, somebody's in mm-hmm. need. I'm gonna I'm gonna step up and go. Okay, how can I help you? You know, what can I do for you? What can I, you know, and um, that's a good thing to be. It, it is. It comes in handy. Um, but there are limitations with it, and there are times when people don't need help as much as they need someone to just listen or you know because i'm yeah. i'm quick to i'm like <laughs> what can i help you with of that <laughs> yeah like I'll, I'll be talking with debbie and, and she'll be like i don't need you to do anything just listen you know and uh because i, I want to help you know yeah you know and i guess what i was thinking too you know like when you're talking about those behind the scenes people it's funny because, you know, a lot of times I just don't get it. I almost feel bad for them because I'm like, well, how come how come you never get any attention? Right. How come you don't want any attention? It's like, Attention's good. Why don't you want it? You know, and then there's other times where I envy them, <laughs> you know, because I see I'm like, well, it's easy for you to stay humble in your role. <laughs> you know, no one's giving you attention. So it's easy for you to just like plug away and do really well at what you do. And you don't have those awkward conversations, you know, where you're trying to, like, downplay, you know, things. Yeah. There are times when I wish that I could focus on something for more than 30 seconds. It would make my life so much easier, but it would be less exciting, I guess. Yeah. Well, it's like I said before, it's like our disability can become a superpower, right? And so yeah, it can work both ways. So... <laughs> Yeah, it is It is a blessing and a curse, absolutely. Um, would you like to say a word from our... Would you like to say a word from our sponsor, John? Yeah, you, you totally read my mind there. <laughs> um, the latest from Acme Lasers is a laser grid system to stop your nemesis. Um, they have various options for um, the width of the grid. Huh. I might have to get a laser grid. All right, cool. Hey, Jeff, have you ever used a laser grid? You know what, John? I have not. I could probably use one. What exactly What exactly would I use a laser grid for? Would I use it to... to you know what? I could put it and, and trigger so that when my children get out of bed at night, it, like, sets off an alarm. Uh-huh. And I can, like, sick the cat to attack laser cats on them. Laser cats. And then your cat could have, like, lasers on their freaking... Heads. Have you seen the the Saturday Night Live skit with James Cameron where they try and pitch uh, Sigourney Weaver and some of the guys from uh, the Lonely Island try and pitch the Laser Cats Five movie? Have you have you seen this? <laughs> no. Oh my gosh, it's absolutely hilarious. So Sigourney Weaver and these two guys like totally do like a ripoff of every action flick ever made. And they they're they're like you know laser shooting kittens and and they have like a fake avatar thing and like it's crazy and they they go into the producer's studio and they're like you got to make this you're James Cameron you could do this and he's like get out of my office <laughs> yeah it's it's pretty great I don't have to I don't have to post up a link to that too is is really great laser beams laser Laser beams. <laughs> we all must have laser beams. Ah, <laughs> uh, mercy. Yeah. So I think we. Uh, yeah, I think we're just about done with our chit chatting because we're all both tired and um, we got lots to do. But just thoughts for the day. Um, be mindful of where God wants you to be and be aware of the how you spend your time. And think about, uh, you know, if you had to choose to do one thing. Have you have you seen the movie City Slickers? No, I haven't. Okay, so there's this this old crusty cow hand uh, in the movie called Curly. Okay, who was played by uh, mm-hmm. who was it? Jack Valance, I think so. And and he he tells these young city slicker cowboys. He says, "The secret to life is just one thing." And they look at him and they go, "What? What? What is? What's the one thing? What? What is that?" And he says, "That's what you got to figure out. That one thing." <laughs> huh? 
and it's that was Curly's theology. And Billy Crystal was in that too. That was a really good movie. I like that. That's nailing it, and that's similar to what um, I heard. It was actually on um, the You Made It Weird podcast with um, Andy Sandberg. Sandberg. Oh, and uh, he was saying that what Conan O'Brien says is keep hitting your frequency. So there's like radio static, right? Yeah. And you hit your frequency. So your frequency could be like beep. And if you just keep hitting that frequency over and over again, eventually people will hear it above the static. I think that's, you know, what it is, you know, like, let's say you're the church treasurer. Just keep hitting that frequency and hitting it well, hitting it clear. And eventually it'll come through and impact people. And I yeah. think that's really what God's calling us to do, that one thing and just keep doing it and be faithful. See, that's that's and a very it will impact people. That's a really foreign concept for people like us, uh, especially for most of the Americans I know. Um, because we're told that we can do anything. We can be anything, we can achieve everything. And I've 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 read a few books recently on Japan. Um, I'm actually studying mm-hmm. to speak Japanese at the same time actually. And um Right. One of the things that they they em- emphasized about Japan is that the people there find their calling and they do that one thing very, very well. And that's it. And there's this one guy in this little uh, shack on the side of a street somewhere outside of, you know, some district on outskirts of Tokyo. And all he does is make the best ramen noodles for a, like a two mile radius that's his that's his thing and that's all he does hmm. is he makes really 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 good ramen noodles and everybody goes to that guy if they want good ramen noodles but that's his specialty that's all he does and so they hmm. have mastered the art of specialization and finding your niche and doing your absolute best at it. And so what these guys will do is they will spend years of their lives perfecting that one skill and being the best at it. Whether it's shoemaking or cooking or whatever. And that's just, oh him, yeah, he's the noodle guy. You want the best noodles around, you go to this guy because that's what he does. You know? Hmm. And in America, we want everything, you know? We want to be everything. So if you could be one huh. thing, John, what would you be? What would my thing be? Yeah. What's your frequency? It's to take complicated things and do my best to understand them and then present a simplified version of it for people to understand. Like a teacher. Yeah, essentially. And it's funny because I kind of ran away from teaching. <laughs> it used to be my job. Um, and it's like, I feel like that's hitting all the time. Like even with, you know, the podcast, I feel like I just have all these ideas. You know, I listen to different people and I have all these ideas. And then it's like, oh, if I could just boil that down to one sentence, this is it. You know, and yeah. and I feel like that's what I'm doing time and time again. And the same thing with the songwriting is to take all these ideas and it's like, now let's boil it down to a song. And it's like to say it in a simple way that'll be memorable for people. And that's, hmm. I just, that's kind of my goal with everything right now. And I have to do that at work too. <laughs> it's my job. So. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Something to think about for sure. It is something to think about. And I mean, I think that, you know, hitting your frequency doesn't have to be something as boring as, you know, making noodles every day, you know? Right. I, I mean, unless you enjoy it, right? Right. Well, yeah. Those but guys I mean, are like, it can be it. something. What was that? I said they're, those guys are passionate about it. That's what they do. Yeah. And I mean, it's something you are passionate about. It can very well be something that you're passionate about. But it just kind of becomes your overarching theme and it kind of permeates everything you do and that's your frequency. Yeah. And if it's helping people, I mean, no one's going to say helping people all the time is boring, right? Right. It's a great thing to do. And to see a need and fill it. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've just, I've been very, very fortunate. 
<laughs> you know, to to have been able to just serve in so many ways. But it's like every time I've been given an opportunity to serve, it's like, oh, I want to do this. This is good. I don't feel like I've ever served in a cape you know, capacity where I'm like, I hate doing this. I'm going to keep doing this, even though I hate it, you know? Yeah. And maybe part of it is letting God change my heart towards things. But I just, I feel like I've always been able to do what I love. Well, I've had hit or misses with that. I mean, I was in computer tech stuff for almost 20 years and I really enjoyed it when I first started because it was helping people. And that's what I did all day long. Mm-hmm. Help solve people's right. problems. And then towards the end of that, it was getting to more where it was, okay, I have to fill out three hours of paperwork and I can't help people because I have to do this and that and whatever and I have rules and all this other stuff. And it wasn't fun anymore. I wasn't enjoying it. And, you know. So it was time to move on. It was. And I did. And I quit for that reason. And so now I'm back mm-hmm. doing a different job, but it's helping people. That's That's what I do. You know, which is awesome. And I think like so many of these skills are so transferable, you know, and you're, you're a technical writer, right? Is what that's your job title is. Yep. Yeah. And I mean, it's similar to, I think, um, the book quitter by John Acuff and he talked about how he was a technical writer and what it forced him to do is to write concisely, you know, just write things as, as in as few words as possible. You have to be very specific. Yeah. And that benefited his writing overall. Yeah. You know, and so I I think for any of us that do any type of writing, it's like if you're writing professionally, um, you're forced to learn how to be, you know, choose your words wisely. And I mean, that's communication, (laughs) you know, which is an effective skill that's transferable to everything, you know, including songwriting. It's like, well, how do I... How do I phrase this in such a way that it's going to fit and it's going to rhyme and it's going to, you know, you got to have a good vocabulary. <laughs> so, and it's the more you do it, the better you get at it. You know, that's, that's really, that's really interesting. I think that's one of the things that I said, that's one of the things that I think I really enjoy about good, good musicians and songwriters is that they write songs that generally help people get through difficult times or help people emotionally you know, and that's really kind of like a form of helping people, which is why I, I, I like it so much, but it it's different for me in that when I play music, it, it impacts me probably more than the, well, I can't say more, but it impacts, impacts me as much as the people that are listening, you know. Oh, for sure. It definitely does. And I'm like, I play bass on the worship team. It's not a, it's not a huge role that people really notice, but it's like, I just, I enjoy it so much, (laughs) you know, and it's just, it's just a different way of worshiping, you know, whether I'm singing along or not, it's like, it's still, it's just, it's a joy. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we'll have to see what we can come up with as far as music wise later on. And I've got some ideas we can work with that, but we'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. And I feel like, you know, with even just writing, like, you know, writing music, what I want to be able to do is like, I find even like with the podcast, it's like, you know, we can, we can infuse, you know, humor and we can infuse, you know, you know, deep ideas and everything like that. And it just kind of, it's an interplay between the two. And I've always found with music, it's like, I've just been so serious for so long, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then when I, um, when I did Bieber and the queen, it actually, I was able to, just do humor, like straight humor. And I'm like, I wonder if there's a way to interplay the two like we do in the podcast in music. Oh, absolutely. Yes. So that's what I want to experiment with. Look at Five Iron. Five Iron is is, is half serious, half silly. I love their stuff, but it's just because it's so goofy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And yeah, I'm trying to think of like something deep I've heard from Five Iron Frenzy. I know um, Brave Saint Saturn had a great song. I love Brave Saint Saturn. Um you love, sorry? I have all three of their albums, Brave St. Saturn. So you know the one where it talks about Jesus, the homeless man? Yes. Uh, under bridges. Yeah. And it's like Jesus Christ dying of AIDS. I just remember that line and I'm like, what? <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Like, what a, 
Yeah. And what the, a crazy um, concept. The Starling song always gets me. Uh, it's a beautiful song. How does that one go? Starlings. Um, oh, it's the one where he talks about um, finding a starling that had fallen on the ground and he kept it in a box and and it 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 died and then later on he you know shot one with a BB gun and killed it and and how that that impacted him and he realized that he you know had he had had transitioned from caring about the birds to not you know and, and it's it's very I I'd have to I have to post up a link to that too that's a really really kind of bittersweet song you know because he realizes he's like mm-hmm. he's losing his innocence you know and how God cares for even the least of these and he, mm-hmm. he couldn't be bothered to you know it was just, it's it's really it's really powerful cool I'm gonna add that to the list of things to put in the blog <laughs> yeah absolutely. All right. Well, I think it's about time for us to call it a night, John. All right. Yes. So, for all of our glorious listeners, all uh, what eight of you, um, thanks for listening. We appreciate it. <laughs> uh, listening to our <laughs> disjointed ramblings, but it really does. Uh, we hope that it, you enjoy it. We hope that it helps you in some way because I'm a helper and I like helping people. And John is a teacher. He likes teaching people. So. <laughs> Yeah. Hopefully that uh, that does something for you and you get something out of it more than just a headache from listening to us talk. Yeah. And, you know, it's my prayer that you guys find your frequency, <laughs> whatever that is. And, man, like, there's just some – it's so powerful, you know, to think that, that God has designed you for a specific purpose. And, like, do not be discouraged um, and just be faithful. And he will yeah, grow his purpose through you. Curly's theology, the secret of life is just one thing. Yeah. Just find out what that one thing is. <laughs> uh, good luck with that, everybody. Yeah. All right. And thanks for listening. Until next time, I'm Jeff. And I'm John. And you have been abducted by the ADD Masterminds. I'm a loser, baby, so why don't you kill me? <laughs> <laughs>